Hey everybody, this is Tyler Unsel and this is Oren Gray. Welcome to the Horror Pod Class. Every two weeks, Oren and I will get together, discuss our featured horror movie, and how that featured horror movie might be used in our classrooms. Tonight, we are joined by the incomparable, award-winning author, Stephen Graham Jones. Dr. Jones' short stories have been selected for the year's best horror. He's been nominated for countless Stoker Awards, winning the Bram Stoker Award for Long Fiction in 2017 and in 2021 for both Night of the Mannequins and The Only Good Indians. Brian Keene argued his latest novel, My Heart is a Chainsaw, is an easy contender for the best of the year, and it's a love letter and an examination of both the horror genre and the American West. He literally rewrote the rules on slasher movies in My Heart is a Chainsaw. It was my favorite of last year. There's no better guest to uh, be on the pod tonight to discuss the newest Scream iteration uh, Dr. Jones, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. It is an absolute joy and honor to have you here. Man, it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you very much. And, yeah. you know, Oren, I don't know if I ever said thank you for that early write-up you did on Chainsaw. It was, it meant a lot, you know? It meant that it was like connecting with the people it needed to connect to, you know? <laughs> I was happy to do it. It's an amazing book. <laughs> it, it really was great. And I'm, I'm probably yeah. going to gush all over it. But I, I have a real soft spot for for people that write, like, high school teachers in a relatable, real, kind fashion. And uh, the the way you write, uh, the particular main uh, teacher here, when and I'm not going to spoil the book, even though I want to, uh, when the end of the book wraps around, like I had a moment and my wife was like, what's going on? And I had to explain it to her and everything. <laughs> and I, I just appreciate you humanizing us because it is a fucking miserable time to be a public school teacher right now. So it's great to know, uh, you know, that at least some folks get what we do. So. Oh, no. Thank you so much for letting me know that that connected. Um, I mean, that's always the goal, of course. Um, and I guess, you know, I was lucky. I had a, like, I remember I had a good teacher in sixth grade. And then when I was a junior, I had a good teacher, you know, and, and I think most people just get one good teacher, but so I was really lucky that I got two. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that. Very good, very good. That's that. I think that's the most most of the reason why a lot of us go into education is we we mm -hmm. had that one or two teachers that that changed the world and made the difference, and mm -hmm. you know, it's it's cool when we get a, a shout out and acknowledgement. <laughs> uh, you know, at least in, in the the teacher in Chainsaw, like I love that. There is this idea that we can do a lot and that we can have an impact, but uh, we often, you know, send those kids home to shitty houses and mm -hmm. crappy mm -hmm. home lives. And mm -hmm. that that is probably the hardest part of our job is the yeah. limitations on what we have. I can, I can imagine. I remember in high school, this this teacher I had my junior year, um, she, she knew that my... Um, home life was, you know, super complicated and everything. And, um, and so she was trying to get me to come live with her because that's how she wanted to, she knew she could tell I had, I don't know if she could tell I had potential or she could just tell I needed somebody, you know, but, yeah. but she wanted me to come live with her. But every time she would ask me, her husband would be like six people back in the hall and he'd be shaking his head. No, like this is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. And I got to tell you, sometimes my wife is that same voice, you know, like, I appreciate your well intentions here, Tyler, but we we only have three bedrooms in our house. So yeah, yeah. Ain't that the truth? Well, in, in a normal episode, uh, we would kind of highlight some uh, you know, some of the content that we were ingesting that we wanted to shout out that we thought was particularly good. Is there uh is there anything going on in Stephen Graham Jones world that is, is worthy of discussing? Sorry, I'm just cutting. I forgot I had this on. Donating blood earlier. <laughs> um, um, oh, what am I watching and reading right now? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, right now, just now at lunch, I watched an episode of 1883, which it's like the prequel series to Yellowstone. And I'm liking 1883 more than I like Yellowstone, which is like Yellowstone, for people who watch it, know that it's a kind of complicated movie because there's not really any good people. You know, there's nobody whose side you're on. Like I'm not, a, I'm not on the side of the, these, um, these, 
white settlers who came in and started a ranch and now they're fighting to protect their ranch. I'm like, you, you don't deserve that ranch. That's not your ranch. You know? <laughs> yeah. But um, and in the same way with 1883, it's about some people kind of doing a lonesome dove journey from Texas to Montana. And, um, and I know there's going to come a point where they're going to encounter some native people and they're, it's going to be ugly. And I'm dreading that of course, but um, I'm really invested in the characters and stuff. I just finished watching two nights ago. I finally watched the last episode of the expanse, which I love the expanse. Oh so yeah. Good. Yeah. Man, that was so good. And for reading, man, I just finished Jeff Lemire's maze book. I think it, oh, I think it's done. I think it's five issues and done. It felt like it reached a natural ending. Um, I just reread Brett Easton Ellis's Lunar Park for a class. Okay. And I still I still like that book a lot. And I'm just starting again for the first time in probably 23, 25 years, maybe longer than that, Dorothy Allison's Bastard Out of Carolina, which okay. it's, always, it's nice to be in her world again for a moment. Sure. Yeah, well, I've uh, never read that since college. Yeah. It, it has been a while, I think, for me. <laughs> uh so uh, getting back to the expanse, my my uh, it was just in at my tattoo artist and uh, like that is the thing that he always talks about. Right. And, and I have seen the first season and my wife is not necessarily a genre fan, but, you know, she she kind of liked it. And then I think we moved on to other stuff. But every time I see him, he's always like, Tyler, Tyler, you got to you got to go back. It's so good. So you you recommend it highly as well. It really is. And, you know, I read the first novel. What is it? Leviathan Falls, James S.A. Corey. And um, it was super good. And I was so hungry for um, the rest of the story that I just dove into the series and didn't read the rest of the books. Now I need to go back and read the books, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, that that gives us um, some some new things to check out, I think. Oren, you you were talking earlier. I think you, yeah, you saw I, something. I actually I actually watched a movie for once um, that we're not there's <laughs> nothing we're talking about on the show and and that wasn't made seventy years ago. Um, <laughs> no, I saw uh, this movie called Sleep from Germany from 2020 that I had like Arrow sent me a Blu-ray for review and the review will be up on Signal here shortly. Um, but I literally never heard of it until the review, until the, the Blu-ray came in. Um, and it was really good, actually. Like, it's um, it's this kind of, it's about this uh, woman who, her mother has this recurring dream about a place that turns out to be real. Um, and the mother goes to the place and then, like, has some sort of traumatic episode and ends up in essentially a catatonic state. So the, the woman goes to see what happened, basically. And, you know, it, it does the thing where, like, it it brings in some fairy tale stuff, it blurs the lines between dreams and reality, it does a lot of really cool, um, you know, visual stuff. Uh, but it was just, I mean, it was really a really enjoyable movie, and I had just heard no buzz about it at all. So, cool. Stuff. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's, it's sleep, and it's going to be available through Arrow Video. Yep. Awesome. Very good. Uh my stuff is not uh, nearly, at least my movie uh, that I have that I'm, I'm watching. Uh, it's, uh, it, it is available on uh, Showtime. So I got Showtime so I could watch Yellow Jackets, which I freaking absolutely adored. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I've talked about it on previous episodes, so I won't, I won't belabor my support of that. But this movie is called Aquaslash, and it is about a serial killer in... Yeah, in a water park, and uh, like the last thirty minutes of it are like this this death water slide that everybody goes down, and it is, uh, it is a total and complete train wreck. But I had a lot of fun watching it. So. Oh man, yeah, that, that's a fun movie. I agree. It, it's and that that final that death slide is death is killer, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many arms and legs everywhere. So many. <laughs> And it's like they just keep packing them in there, you know, they just keep sending them down. Man, like, who cares if they come out the bottom? Keep going. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't help but think of uh, we, we have a, an aqua park here in town called Oceans of Fun. And uh, yeah, like uh, it, 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 there are so many parts of that park that i'm like oh yeah this shit could have an oceans of fun any day of the week oh i mean <laughs> sign we, me we, up for it we had the the water slide that decapitated a person oh that yeah was that was that was, root. Yeah. that was in yeah schlitterbahn wasn't it yeah. Wow. yeah yeah that that whole thing and that wasn't that long ago it was like five years ago and yeah. 
Yeah, and like there were lots of lawsuits. Like the this is the this is the Midwest that we live in. All right, Stephen. Uh, like there were no safety tests for this thing. There was there was nothing. The guy was just like, I wanted to design a really fast slide, and I did it, and it decapitated like this teenager. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Needless to say, uh, the Verruckt is no longer standing. They eventually yeah. took it down. So yeah. It was uh, that incident. I think was significantly less fun than uh, Aqu- Aquaslash yeah, was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aquaslash is such a good title too. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody put yeah. some effort into the title. I don't know about anything else, <laughs> but they put Come some on. effort into the title. They have to have put some effort into building that death slide. <laughs> that is true, and like I mean, Oren, you kind of got to check it out because it's like. I mean, uh, when it, I saw it in the notes, I like looked it up afterward, and I was like, I kind of want to watch this now, even though oh, yeah. you said it was terrible. Oh, it is. But like <laughs> the way they put the like, I guess they're swords. I don't know. Into the slide, it looks like the magician's trick, you know, where they're uh-huh. cutting bodies in half, only like you know, kind of in reverse or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But yeah. check check out Aqua Slash on Showtime. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we move on and talk about new Scream uh, is, have you guys seen this YouTube video called uh, The Back Rooms? No. No. It looks like something Trevor Henderson would do. Like, it's got a real, um, uh, I don't know. Like, the premise is this guy, like, uh, essentially wakes up in a series of big cubicle-style rooms with this weird kind of robot thing chasing him. It's all found footage. It's all real, like, kind of gorilla shot or whatever we want to call that. Uh, It's nine minutes long, but totally worth a weird fucking watch on YouTube. So, yeah, it's... uh, It's, it's, it's making its way through the weirdest sphere. So you may, you may see it sometime <laughs> soon. Okay. Um, so I think it's time for our essential question tonight. Does new scream obey the old rules of slashers? And if not, do we have new rules to follow? <laughs> This isn't funny, Amber. Would you like to play a game, Tara? <laughs> doors unlocked. All doors locked. Doors unlocked. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Okay, I, I have purposely not asked you before now, Stephen. Uh, did you like the latest iteration, and what is your ranking of the Scream movies uh, that oh, we've gotten man, so far? I, I was just talking to Paul Tremblay about, he was asking me what, what my new ranking is now that there's a fifth one out, and I, I gave him like three different options because I could not decide. Um, <laughs> no, number number one is still the number one for me you know that's number one of everything also not just yeah franchise but um 
Man, number two. Oh, that's so hard. Um, I guess I would probably say maybe two, you know, and then okay. four. No, and then then no, and then five, and then four, and then three. I think. Okay. So, all yeah, right. Yeah. How, how do y'all do it? How would y'all rank them? Oren, you go for it. I mean, uh, like the original is clearly the the sort of you know the gold standard. Although mm-hmm. I think my favorite to actually just sit down and watch is still four. I love four for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, you know probably two, three, and then I didn't actually like the new one that much, so it's probably mm-hmm. at the bottom for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I really dislike the third one. So like that's at Mm. the, that's at the end for me. Um, I, I, I too, here's the thing, right? So I teach uh, a horror movie class in the summertime to high school students and we watch like 23 movies in 21 days. It's great. The kids have a blast, you know, Mm -hmm. and we always have a running rank and like, this the original scream has won two years in a row and i don't know what it, it, its appeal across generations you know like it just is such a great film so it's it's my number one uh i liked four uh and then probably five and then two and then three so i was i was just kind of meh about uh the the, the latest iteration did uh did you like did you like the film the new one? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally liked it. I've seen it twice already, and I'll probably see it again um, Friday, maybe Thursday. We'll see, Thursday or Friday. I bet I see it again, you know? Yeah. So uh, what, what what worked for you, and then maybe we'll swing back around and we'll talk about what, yeah. what didn't necessarily land or work for yeah. you, but what did you um, like? What worked for me, and I guess I should ask first, are we doing spoilers or not? Is this for an audience that knows it? Or? Yeah, uh, we always kind of assume here on the Horror Pod class that uh, yeah. ideally you'll visit the film before you visit the conversation. So, okay, okay, okay. But beware, just in case, we, we, we will spoil the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, what I, I guess what I, what I like is, like, um, let's see, Sydney and Gail are kind of the big guns of this movie, and I like that this movie doesn't draw them for a long time, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we see them in stage. We don't see them at the same time. We see, well, first we see David, Ar- I mean, Dewey, then we see Gail. And then suddenly there's Sydney crossing that lobby, that waiting room. But Sydney, she doesn't show up until the movie is about two thirds over, you know? Yep. And, and I think that gives the other, the new, the new characters, um, it gives them time to um, make the story be theirs, you know? Cause Anytime you drop Sydney into a story, it's like a bowling ball on a trampoline. Like everything goes to her, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, um, that's true. But but yeah. it's really smart to keep her off of that trampoline as long as possible. And you know, I remember when Halloween twenty eighteen came out. I did a big write up on it, and my big complaint was that um, too many people lived. You know, that they were kind of protecting the core members too much. And uh, it was a really I liked the movie a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I I felt like as a standalone more people should have died. I didn't realize it was going to be part of a trilogy that they were conserving people to make it last three films. But, um, yeah, but I was really proud of, um, this new scream for killing someone who is close to our heart, you know, yeah. that, that impressed me a lot. And, you know, I was also impressed of, of all the screams we've had, this might be the goriest one, you know? Yeah. There's some uh, practical, some practical effects like, uh, yeah. Particularly, I've, I've forgotten the actor's name, but I, mm. I, I saw it with my 14-year-old son. Mm-hmm. who was like, mm-hmm. that's the guy from uh, 13 Reasons Why or whatever. Oh, really? like, oh okay. Well, all right. You know. <laughs> Sounds good, Jack. But uh, the, the the knife scene where yeah. like you can yeah. see it, uh, like that's some pretty rad. Yeah, um, it was. You know, I was like, oh, shit. They, they oh, went no. for that. Yeah. They did it slow and torturously, too. Yeah. 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 I'm like, the, that's the a Slade sequences in this were all, I mean, they were all solid. Like they were, yeah. they were all good in this one. Yeah. And, and yeah, nobody's trying to, to shy away from that as much as possible. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the criticism that you had with the Halloween mm-hmm. movie, I might think that way about this film, right? Because mm-hmm. unless I, and I've only seen it once. So, mm-hmm. you know, stop me if I'm wrong, but when we, are leaving at the end, right? When, mm-hmm. when, you know, everybody's getting in their yeah. ambulances and everything yeah. like, uh, both of the twins survived. Right. Yeah. So I was like, man, of the original group, uh, 
if, if you take away the, the the bad guy, right? If you take away yeah. the monster or whatever, like yeah. uh, kind of a lot of them survived, right? I agree. I totally agree. It's it's. I mean, it's kind of skirting a little bit close to like Poltergeist. Like, and nobody dies in Poltergeist, you know? Right? End, yeah. Like, did I did I watch a horror movie? I don't really know about that. But um, <laughs> but um, the the but swimming I, the, the swimming yeah. pools full of uh, skeletons would would you <laughs> yeah. know maybe yeah. be the the giveaway. Uh, yeah. Skeletons that turn out to be real skeletons too. Right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Not not to mention uh, you know I'm sure we'll get to some indigenous yeah. horror later, but yeah. you know kind of uh, uh, violates that that trope of. Uh, you know, sacred Indian burial ground yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, I, well, which I tried to turn upside down in Mars a Chainsaw. I tried to make it a, um, uh, instead of a Indian burial ground, it's a white person burial ground that haunts. Oh yeah, up, you know. But, oh, uh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Both the twins surviving seemed like a, it seems a little much to me. You know, um, I think one of them should have died and that would have given the other one more like story fuel for the next installment. Cause I do see this number five as the start of a new trilogy, you know, or I hope it is anyways. Sure. And I think, I think that's why so many of the characters make it, but that the, the guy twin, whatever his name is, I can't remember suddenly the, 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 the girl is Mindy, I think. Is that right? But I don't yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> but um, when, when he's on the ground and Ghostface is stabbing him, Ghostface doesn't just stab him in the shoulder once like Casey Becker gets. That's the Ghostface is like over and oh, over. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this dude is practically cut in half, you know? How can he possibly get up? But the same thing about the that girl in the opening sequence, the little sister of the final girl, whatever her name is. Um, man, she gets stabbed a lot of times. And, um, yeah. And then she's up, up and about, you know? I mean, yes, she's on painkillers, but even painkillers are not going to uh, make your structural damage good you know yeah yeah big damage well and and i think that's part of the reason why like there are some people that are like "Ah, i saw the twist coming and blah 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 i like Mm -hmm. i i don't know maybe i'm uh just naive in my old age which is Mm -hmm. uh definitely a possibility but like i didn't necessarily see that and when she Mm -hmm. stabbed as many times as she is at the beginning and she's still Mm -hmm. alive Mm -hmm. i'm like oh shit something feels wonky yeah. you know like, no, it, made, it made you think that she was in on it you know right yeah 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 just yeah. kind of a great red herring there yeah it, it was really good i, I like that, that movement as well yeah and i just every time that i love and i love the darkness before screen movies or before most screen movies when you hear that phone ringing you know yeah that, that tells you you're in a good space i think <laughs> yeah. yeah warm and comfortable and and here's yeah. the bottom line I, I didn't necessarily love this movie but mm-hmm. i am going to watch every scream movie in a movie theater like if if i'm gonna watch it in the middle of a goddamn pandemic right and if i'm gonna slip my behind out to the movie theater then i'll watch every movie that comes out next (laughs) oh man for sure you know yeah um i found that with the scream screenings that usually the theater will have like an rpx theater which i guess that means bigger better sound i don't really know what it means but um yeah if I pay the extra like two and a half dollars to go to the RPX and it's just like me and two people in a giant auditorium, you know, and I feel a lot. <laughs> <Right>. safer, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the screening I went to, I went to, I went at like noon um, yeah. on a weekday and it was me and one other dude in like a theater that would seat over 200. And I was like, no, I'm good. I can barely see that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I can eat my popcorn and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah. like, all right. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, and it made like $50 million in its opening weekend, which was $10 million more than Scream 4 made in, in its entirety, yeah. right? So yeah. we're yeah. going to get we're gonna get more of these movies. I, I might yeah. mention, I have a secret soft spot for Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays the, she's kind of the real bookish twin of the two. Uh, she's female. Uh, yeah, you know, the kind of movie Mindy, critic right? or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 She, she's the, the Randy, the Kirby... Yeah, yeah, right, right. And she's also his yeah. nephew, right? Or her yeah. his niece, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But she uh I, I she got her start on Leftovers, which is in my like probably my favorite show of all fucking time. I, I okay. adore yeah. that. And uh she was in The Sound of Violence, which is uh, made my top 5 horror movies oh. from 2000 oh, nice, uh, nice. from this last year. So yeah, she's awesome and that was great. And, to... and also she's the first um gay character in Scream, right? I think. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, I know in yeah, Charlie, totally. when he's getting killed, sure. he's like, I'm gay, I'm gay, but at least he may be faking it to live, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because he's just like, I'm gay, like, if it helps or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, uh, like, there's a clear negotiation with Ghostface every time, you know? It's like, all right. How about, uh, you, you know, just stab me in one kidney and not both or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's good one. stuff. I got nothing. I got nothing. The bottom line is, I have, if I were in that uh, particular scenario, I would probably just roll over and be like, eh. yeah, I'm, I'm just that guy. Yeah, I'm getting stabbed a bunch. I'm probably dead now. It's good. Right, right. Like I'm just a big character, kind of even even here right now. Yeah. yeah. So, Oren, yeah. now is the time, my friend. Talk to us. Did you like this film? I mean, not particularly. Um, <laughs> so, like. I don't really want to get a ton into why because I don't like <laughs> I don't like complaining about movies. Like I like talking about things I like. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I don't like to rag on movies. I make exceptions now and then, but for the most part, like it's not a thing I like to do. But like, and for me, most of what this did that I liked, Scream Four also did, and I liked it more. So That's like fair. for me, it was it was the stuff I liked about it was going over ground that something else had already gone over and done a better job for what I wanted. And so there was just not much for me to grab onto by comparison. Um, okay. You know, um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what you get. <laughs> I think yeah, that's the, the, fair. The motivation in, in this scream is um, correcting a franchise, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Which I, I agree. It's it's not a very slashery motivation, but Scream isn't really known for it's total. I mean, the second one is a pure slasher motivation. You killed my son. I'm going to kill all y'all. You know. Right. 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 Yeah. But all all the rest of them, like in four, it was I want to be an influencer, so I need likes. You know. And I'm right. yeah, very, yeah, very unslashery as well. Um, like I think lots of the screams, or at least four and five, they shade into Giallo territory because in Giallo territory in Giallo's the killer is you know out doing all, all that they do um for it's generally either because they're a crazy serial killer you know they're like a rabid dog that lives in a room or for some version of greed you know like in bay of blood um right. where but it's it's hardly ever revenge in a giallo it's 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 more it's a different motivation set you know and scream seems to always be edging right up to that giallo line you know? That's interesting. I like yeah. I like that mm-hmm. analysis about the what's impacting the killer, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I I really enjoyed four, uh, mm-hmm. and I kind of liked the the idea that we are going to examine what it is to be an influencer. You know, mm-hmm. arguably before that became kind of as big a phenomena as it is mm-hmm. now, right? Uh, mm-hmm. First off, I think the absolute highlight of this movie for me is Jack Quaid who mm-hmm. is hilarious. Uh, I think he's got there for me, the screen movies always seemed a little irreverent. Like, yeah, this is, this is what happens in a horror movie. And we're mm-hmm. either going to acknowledge that that's what happens and do it, do it anyway, tongue in cheek or say, screw that. And we're going to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he really brought that energy. Whereas everybody else was like, Oh, Okay. Now, what does it mean to be in a prequel, right? And and to Uh examine all of that. So that leads me to my next question, which is, I know they talk about it some in the movie, but we've now had Halloween. We've now had Scream. uh, Child's Play. Child's Play is a great example because they try to keep some of that continuity. Speaking of, it it is a super fun series, and I I had a blast making Uh my way through it. Uh Oh, Candyman's a great example, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Suspiria, that's more of a remake than a continuation, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, Stephen, you, yeah. you, you're you're the guy that makes the rules, man. So, <laughs> uh, according to Stephen Graham Jones, what uh, what are the rules of a? Uh, I guess we're calling them requels now. Whatever. A requel, yeah, I like that's a good term. I think requel that Mindy yeah. comes up with, and it's fitting that Randy's um, relative would be the one to kind of. Um, meant that word you know yeah uh, that's pretty cool um but the rules um i guess what does she say is she the one who says it always goes back to the past always goes back to the past yeah yeah yeah. i mean the slashers are known for that i mean pamela Voorhees is uh, 20 years later killing camp counselors because her son died you know it's in yeah 
Who knows why? Who knows why Michael's doing what he does? You know, he's just Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like there's the cult of the thorn shit and all that stuff that we have, yeah. and even yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. But, um, right. What are the rules she lays down? I meant to listen to him closer this time, but the whole time I was the second time I was watching it when I was like practically alone in the theater, I, I had this notebook here, and I just was filling this notebook with I wanted to write Scream Six, and so I was seeing how I do Scream <laughs> Six, you know, and and so I should have written her rules down. Um, um, I think, but. One, I don't know if she says this or someone else says this, but um, it's what I was talking about earlier about a key character dying, that every everything is up for grabs. You know, anybody can die. I think that's a, I think oh, that that's be, good. I think that should be a rule for any, like, put, after the first installment, that should always be a rule. You know, yeah, like anybody can die. We don't want to beam the Star Trek deck crew down and know they're all going to be safe. You know, that's that's not yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, first off. You already, you just established my lead for when I publish this episode. I'm going to say Stephen Graham Jones offers to write Scream 6, and uh, we're going to start that ball rolling, okay? Yeah. And and when you get that gig, you got to promise to come back on and, and give us yeah, at least yeah. one little little hint of what's to come, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I kind of thought of that as like uh, like the Game of Thrones rule, right? Which is what made that show so fun to watch and interesting to watch the first couple of seasons. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. shit. Uh, you know, uh, it, it could be anybody. Right. And, yeah. uh, well, you know, like, which is, do we go ahead, go ahead. No, it's nice that, that you said that it could be anybody. It's, it's nice. That was on the poster too. Kind of like one of these people oh, is a killer. Yeah. So one of these people is a killer and also anybody can die. That's a really important dynamic in the slasher, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unpack that uh, a little bit for me. I think, uh, there's more uh, going on in your head about it. <laughs> no, I just think they're two sides of the same coin. Um, in the first Scream, that was one of its peculiar magics, is that Casey Becker, in her last moments of life, she reaches up and pulls that mask off, and she kind of has a moment of awareness where she recognizes who's doing this to her, and which is to say it's someone in her social circle. And so, therefore, when we go into the movie, everyone who was in her social circle, which is everybody at high school, is in the field of you know, they, they, it could be them. It could be them. And yeah. And then Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson in the original, and really in, in all of the, all the ones that came that came after, um, except for I mean, three is Aaron Kruger, but he was careful about it as well. They're they're really um, keeping everybody out of the room when Ghostface comes in. You know, oh, so, okay. so it could yeah. be anybody. And um, you know, I was reading in Entertainment Weekly they did that special issue, which is all Scream and. I read it cover to cover. I think it's like 94 pages. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. But <laughs> little, little bitty, little bitty words, tight columns. But Kevin Williamson was saying that when he was writing Scream, he realized about three quarters of the way through it that um, that this can't be just one killer because one killer can't be in all these places at once. And so then he thought, I'll just make it two killers. you know. So then he decided to do Stu and Billy. But until yeah. then, Stu, until then, Stu was going to have been a victim at his house. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I absolutely... I, one of the one of the things I really enjoyed about the film yeah. what was the uh, the return of the killer, but not as the killer, but as a like what as a guardian angel, right? Or as a you know the, oh, the, the kind the of Billy Loomis visions thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because yeah. yeah. I don't think he he never really steers her wrong. He, he like scares yeah. her on occasion is like you're just yeah. like me and you know you're all messed mm -hmm. up but he kind of gives her some advice there towards the end and i like like yeah you know he does he does but at the same time i don't i don't take him to be like an actual like um i don't know manifestation of billy Lemus. i think he is a projection from what's that, that girl's name from the final girl's head you know yeah. like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Forgot her name yeah. Too. yeah so I, I think she saw that knife handle sticking out from the curtain a little bit and she came up with the device of her father to tell her about it, if that makes sense. You know? Oh, I think that totally makes sense. Yeah. I think her name's Sam. Sam Carpenter okay. is. That's yeah. right. It is yeah, Sam. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I don't. One of the reoccurring motifs of this film is that their everybody's name is a nod to somebody in some capacity, right? Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah, everybody sure. is either related to someone from the previous movies or is named after a famous <laughs> horror director. Like, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, we're just gonna just gonna spit it all out there and, and yeah. call it good. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think uh, so. The the really complex 
kind of big meta question here, right? Mm. Um, why, why, why do we as fans gravitate so completely to these movies that offer us these rules that offer, you know, cause I, you know, at least within the classroom, my students will sometimes balk at rules or will work really mm. hard to, mm. to create something outside of them. Mm. So what, why are we so drawn to the idea of a movie that examines these tropes as clearly as they do? Well, I think, I mean, in a larger sense, I think the reason we're drawn to slashers is because they offer a closed system of justice, which is to say, if you comport yourself carefully, then you have a good chance of surviving, which is not the case in the real world. You know, in the real world, you can go to a concert and get mowed down by a shooter, you know, or something like that for for no reason at all. Um, But in a slasher, if you like say, I'll be right back, or, you know, if you do all the many things you can do, which are inviting death, then you die. And in, in a sense, um, you, you know, there's a killer out there and you're being stupid. So you kind of deserve it, you know, and and uh, it makes those deaths hurt less for us watching it, I think. And or it's it's almost like they're um, they're our own bad ideas dying a little bit, you know, um, I like but, that. Yeah. But that but it's just the yeah, I think we we're drawn to movies that we're drawn to scream specifically because it does interrogate those rules because I think we feel like if we can understand the rules or the scaffolding or whatever it is um, that allow one person or two people or a crew, whatever, to make it through, then in our own lives, we can learn to pay that same kind of attention and make it through as well, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I I think that's super interesting. All right. And growing up, I I was, uh, you know, I was a kid of the eighties. Right. So my sister who was eight or nine years older than I am, uh, would bring home whatever the, the newest Friday, the 13th or the Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street or whatever. So, right. So that was, that was what I was brought up on. I took my 14 year old son to see scream and he was like, it's fine. Yeah, whatever it is, what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we were kind of talking and he was like, you know, and not to say that Jack is an oracle for his generation, because I, I love and adore him, but that, that that's just not a thing, right? Uh, but like, he's like, I just don't know if if like a lot of teenagers like slashers right now. Like, we're really big into um, you know, like the Conjuring to this day. Like my my kids, uh, both yeah. in the the monsters class that I teach and and in regular high school, love that shit, right? And, and so. I wondered if there was something in a generation, because I think all three of us are relatively close in age, uh, that made that path that you described, Stephen. You know, like the, the if you follow those rules, then you'll survive. Uh, more appealing than maybe the generation that is coming of age now, and yeah, some of that no, difference. I completely think there is, and um, and if you look at the golden age of slashers, like 78 through, I mean, some people say 84, I'll probably say more like 87, but anyways, uh, you know, that, that decade when all the, they were all happening really hot. Um, many of us who grew up in that decade were pretty much latchkey kids. We were on our own, you know, we were on our own until the parents came home at dinner or if they didn't come home from dinner, we did our own dinner, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so slashers made sense to us because in the slasher, the parents, the teachers, the cops, none of them are any use at all. The kid is on the kids are on their own. They have to navigate whatever this is their own selves. And the slasher spoke to us really in a what felt like a valid way, you know. But after after like starting probably in the early nineties, the um, phenomenon of helicopter parents turned turned up and kids were no longer on their own for even a minute of the day. Yeah. Our scheduled up to up to their foreheads and and i do think that that has probably like i don't know pushed them towards different types of horror and maybe the conjuring is expressing that in a way that i probably can't quite i mean i like conjuring don't get me wrong but as for how that appeals to a generation i'm not of that generation and i haven't interrogated that generation closely enough to really know what it is about that that appeals to them yeah yeah i don't know warren what do you think i mean and I think fundamentally we won't know why that appeals to them until they are old enough to interrogate themselves. Like, uh, okay. Because we, 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 none of us, when we were watching slasher movies, right. When we were, when we were in high school or whatever, we're watching Friday, we didn't interrogate why 
Right. We were yeah. watching it, right? We, we didn't think, oh, yes, this speaks to me because I'm, well, no. We were just yeah. like, this is rad. Yeah, fuck, this is great. Yeah, um, right. Like, you know, it, it, it's going to take, it's going to take, you know, uh, time and distance to know why things appeal to people specifically. Yeah. But I do think that, like, I mean, we're seeing in, in younger generations, like, not just more supernatural horror movies and that kind of stuff. We're all seeing, like, um, more uh, like memes about witchcraft, mysticism, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. uh, astrology, that kind of stuff. And I think that's a, a way to make a world that feels both like repressive, like you said, they're never, they're, they're overscheduled, they're never alone, they're never mm-hmm. able to be themselves, but also mm-hmm. they're not supported because the infrastructure around them is falling apart, right? Like, oh, you like know, it. we're in the middle of a pandemic where where yeah. the government is yeah. unreliable at best, um, you know, and, and all this stuff. And so they feel at once closed in and unsupported and you turn to magic then, right? Like uh, magic yeah. is the solution to that. Yeah, yeah. That, makes lot, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, also these kids have grown up in the era of um, like Google, Amazon, Facebook, who are, who are tracking us in crazy, crazy ways, which is to say that it's almost like there's magic systems attached to us as we move through the world, you know? And, um, and yeah, it could be that kids um, like witch strings make a lot more sense to them than slashers because witch strings are basically cookie trails, you know, or something like that. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. All right. So here's my pet theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think, the bleakness of the last year and a half <laughs> has uh, led to some really interesting conversations with with my other friends that uh, you know are are into horror or you know big w weird or whatever, and I feel like with the fact that a big portion of our society is moving away from science based uh, logic, right? Science based rationale and you know whatever that it is no wonder that our children are embracing more magical thinking. Right. And uh, so contextually they see a group of their peers or their parents or whoever it may be that are like, science isn't real. It's not something to be trusted, to be believed. And when you unmoor somebody's belief system from fact and logic, it's no wonder that they are going to gravitate towards these things that don't exist in, in fact and logic. So like, fuck yeah, that demon doll is going to, you know, is going to haunt me. So that obviously is way more interesting than, than, than the guy that stalks uh, its victims, much like that school shooter would stalk its victims, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I think a lot of our kids are already preparing for their slashers every time that they have a lockdown drill and every time, you know, and that's that's a good, I had not considered that. That's a really good point that um, they go to school every day thinking they might be in that situation, which is, which is terrible, but it makes sense that they, their media would then not directly reflect that back at them because they want to escape. They don't want to go deeper into their own fears. Exactly. Yeah. They want to check out. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. uh, The bottom line is uh, that it broke my heart a little bit though. Right. (laughs) Because he's like, uh, but I think also explains like he is way more inclined to do like a nightmare on Elm street that exists in a fantasy world than say like a a Friday the 13th or something like that, which it's, it's stuff is, is born. I guess at least partially in reality, say, yeah. at least initially, um, right. by, by about, by about six, we're yeah. well in the fantasy world, but yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm dying to know what, what would your scream six, uh, what, what would it look like? Would we return to Woodsboro? Would we turn to, you know, uh, I think you've always got to stay in Woodsboro. I mean, I think that's that's kind of why three, which I mean, Aaron Krieger did did as good a job he could with what he had. I think I don't mean to ding him at all, but um, um, I think Woodsboro is where Scream belongs. So yeah, I would take it back to Woodsboro again. Okay, would you would you bring back Nev Campbell, who I I should say like I think she's like I don't know maybe mm-hmm. forty five or fifty mm-hmm. and looks mm-hmm. fantastic and is doing great. So you know like mm-hmm. I, yeah. No, I would bring back what if the old crew existed, but just like Scream 5 does, I would not plug them into the main dramatic line. They'd be kind of accessories, you know? Okay. Yeah, like uh, I, what I enjoyed about the, the, the you know, the latest film mm-hmm. 
they function almost like oracles, right? Like, uh, yeah, they're, they're the Van Helsings of. Oh, that's great! I love so, that. Yeah, they're they're the they're the experienced monster hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people people also call them half half men, right? Like people who have faced the monster and they're now carrying scars from it, you know. But they have that experience, which which they can pass on. Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that there is power to be. Uh, gleaned in, in, in mind for that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what uh, what else are we missing when it comes to uh, talking about this film? I think uh, we talked some about the rules. I, I will mm-hmm. tell you, we, we established one of the rules of four. Uh, Orrin and I all this month have talked about these movies, right? So mm-hmm. we've revisited mm-hmm. uh, everything except for three, I think. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched three in a while. And that's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but like one of the rules that we talked about in Scream 4, right? Uh, is you can't fuck with the original, right? Mm-hmm. Does this film fuck with the original film at all? And I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have an answer other than the fact that like it, it obviously kills Dewey, which is a big yeah, deal. right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think it does in the sense that it kills Dewey, but also doesn't in the sense that it's in a way that four isn't even is literally trying to recreate the first film. Yeah, ah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Even going back to Stu's house, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, my, my only my only like hesitation about this current scream is there's so many guns. You know, I don't think guns really belong in slashers. I know that guns are always a part of scream at the end. You know, because you have to pop Ghostface in the head. Um, except for there's there's one of them where some which which one is it? Is it four where Jill doesn't get shot in the head? I think it is. She gets, yeah, she, she gets, gets you in the chest. Yeah, yeah, and finally electrocuted. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it gets the whole kitten caboodle. Yeah, um, um, yeah. There, there was sure a lot of guns in it, but I mean, it, that also makes sense too. If these people are living in a world where there is a ghost face, then you want to protect yourself. You know, I can understand. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But man, there's just guns everywhere. I prefer blades and slashers, some sort of edged weapon, you know? Yeah. Well, it makes the whole thing, you know, what, what do we say? More intimate and, you know, everything else. So that, yeah. that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and guns, right? Uh, at least, <laughs> at least there are particular political action committees would have you believe that guns are the great equalizers, right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I think yeah. if you had too many of them, it might fuck shit up for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so it would certainly change so the dynamic they... of a slasher. If, yeah, you know, yeah. Introducing more guns certainly changes the way the it way does. the sequences play out. Even like, yeah, you can't have a stalk does. and slash with a gun. Yeah, no, you totally can't. You can have a sniper, but what fun is that? You know. Right. Yeah, yeah uh, I think that movie would be uh, again maybe a little too real or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I enjoy that these movies have always not necessarily every character, mm-hmm. but certainly Sidney Prescott always is intelligent, right? Like mm-hmm. with all the shit that has happened to her, she's like, I am not. I don't want to go back to Woodsboro. I don't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yes, obviously there has to be a contrivance to bring her back, but mm-hmm. like, dude when this bad shit happens to us, we want nothing to do with the places that the bad shit happens. Right. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. I love, I love Dewey's line in this, the, when, when they come to him the first time and he's like, you know, I, I've been stabbed nine times. Like I have permanent nerve damage. I don't particularly want to get involved in this again. <laughs> yeah. Like this is somebody else's fight. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, it, I, I fully, expected because they show a body in a body bag right Mm -hmm. and they show him getting stabbed like you know uh, coming and going in both sides or whatever but i was like you never see like because the the um, i think he's a security guard or police officer is killed too and i thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be another head fake that we were going to go back and he was you know i was like oh that guy survived again but you know obviously yeah would have uh, would have been a way to keep David Arquette in uh, in the series, but yeah, probably would have uh, been increasingly disappointed. Maybe somebody in the, in, the, in number six will leather face his mask. His face is a mask. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and that's that's yeah. some of the preview that we were talking about. All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was really happy too that when when um, Dewey calls Sydney and she's jogging through the park with her stroller, that she says, um, 
something about Mark and Mark is from, from um, three, you know, he's the detective Mark Kin- Kincaid, I think it is maybe. So okay. I'm happy that Sydney, she's not like, she's, she's still going, she's still living a life, you know, she's, yeah. she's married to this detective who likes movies a lot and has a kid or two uh, daughters, I believe. But, um, um, you're good. You got all those details. I knew yeah. she had, I knew she had kids, but I didn't get, uh, yeah. I, well, I, I mean, get the... I, her kids are the right age that by the time we get to like scream 13, maybe they'll be the final girls, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. One of the things that I've always loved about the series, um, and I, I actually wrote about this a little bit after I saw the, the first or saw the, the newest movie, is that um, at least until this one, and I think it's even true in this one to some extent, the Scream movies are never about the villain. Like all the other slasher franchises, the franchise is about the villain. Fundamentally, yeah. like the first movie, yeah. they, they might bring a character back here and there, but for the most part, you know, we're following Jason yeah. or we're following Freddy or whatever. But these are about Sydney, fundamentally, yeah, always, and always and forever, Gail and Dewey, you know. And like, there's always a new ghost face, and there's always ghost face, but it's a different yeah. person each time with a different yeah. motive and a different story. And the story is really about her, and she gets to have this whole arc that goes all the way through the movies where she begins one way and changes with each iteration until yeah, yeah she's living a whole separate life in five that, you know, with a, a husband and children and all this yeah. stuff that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's well, wonderful. It, it's almost like for the longest time, the only slasher masks you saw at the store were michael jason freddie you know leatherface but we never see the final girl masks you know we never see Lori oh or, shit yeah or sydney prescott and with sydney going through five movies and making it through somehow maybe we'll finally see a sydney prescott mask that'd be kind of neat yeah. you know? i like it i like it that sounds like a, a hell of a marketing ploy for uh you know a halloween store right and like oh yeah that's how we get it <laughs> Well, before we run out of too much time, I did want to ask both of you, right? The 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 motive behind the 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 bad guys in this, right? Be, behind um, you know the the murderers in this case, revolve around like toxic fandom and mm-hmm. uh, the idea that our fans are kind of wagging the dog now, right? And mm-hmm. so, first, Stephen, I wanted to know: Have you ever had uh, an encounter with like? toxic fandom of your own i mean you've written some absolutely banger stuff that i think is i've already mentioned how deeply meaningful it is to me but have you ever had somebody like you're like oh dude maybe you're maybe you're a little too close to this or Mm -hmm. this is this is pretty pretty strange for me not really i mean i have had contacts with um with you know uncomfortable contacts with people i guess which is to say they'll send me a cassette of them reading poetry or they'll send me their dream journal that kind of stuff you know oh wow Um, okay which is which is weirdly like personal to me um but um no i haven't i don't think i've had anybody i've had people like cosplay my characters which is which is neat but i've never had anybody do it in a way that creeps me out really okay yeah anyways you know um um but i did just Just, learn yeah i was just gonna say just wait till you write scream six and then you'll (laughs) be inundated (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Oren, what uh, have you had any experience with toxic fandom, or I mean, you know, what, what's your kind of take on this motive? Then, I mean, not not directly like that at all. But I mean, you know, it, and I think that that it is it is more restricted to things like movies. Um, like I, I don't think authors get it as often, in part just mm-hmm. because um, you know movies are seen by more people. Like. Um, you know, I, I always joke whenever we go to a writing convention, right? We all sit around and talk about what movies we've been watching because <laughs> they're the same. We don't read the same books. There are so yeah. many books and we all read yeah. different books, but okay. there's only so many movies every year. And so a lot of us see the same movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think I think that that larger pool of people means you're going to get some toxic ones in it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Um, so, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, like maybe it's because I just like Jack Quaid so much in this film that when they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way," I'm like, you know, how dare you make Spider Man Puerto Rican or you know, like whatever the fucking, <laughs> you know, the 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 source material is for that character, right? Like, 
I, I was like, oh man, I like that guy. I don't want him to be a fucking asshole. Uh, because I wasn't, I was less worried about like him killing people, which is very clearly also wrong, right? But I just didn't want him to be a MAGA hat wearing asshole too, you know. And well, like something, something I actually didn't like about the motive in this one is that the two killers have the same one. Okay. In almost all the others, the two killers have at least slightly different motives. That's right. Yeah, they do. Um. And so, and there, there's all, almost always in the confrontation at the end, there's an interesting dynamic as those two motives come into conflict, conflict mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one, yeah, they no. were they were unified, which I found less interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And also, as far as like um, just body type goes, Richie is so much taller than Amber. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, right. And so it seems like. When somebody realizes they're getting attacked, they'll be like, "Oh, that's the short ghost face," you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the lesser ghost face or whatever. Yeah. Oh man, brutal. Be like, I, I at least want to be killed by uh, Jack Wade, right? Can, can I please? The tall one get me. I'll feel better. Yeah. Like, I'll right, feel right. I feel less pathetic <laughs> if the tall one gets me. I, yeah, I'll be able to like at least pretend I'm tough. You know, whereas the you know. The high school female junior, uh, she, you know, who, be who like, Fuck. 98 pounds soaking wet. Like, she was tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And you know that, uh, that name, that name, Jack Quaid, there's a Jack Quaid writing um, slasher novels. I don't know if you have run into those. Escape from Happy Town. Escape oh, from no. Escape oh, from Bastard Town. It's the Escape from Everywhere trilogy. It's it's kind of like a Cassie hack from Hack and Slash, going across fighting slashers, you know, in mass and everything. Um, Interesting. But okay. this 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 writer's name is Jack Quaid. But there's always these like complicated like um, forwards talking about who Jack Quaid was, and it's obviously fake. It's obviously like it's probably somebody we all know who's pretending to be Jack Quaid. But <laughs> I haven't I haven't looked into it. I could probably find out, but I don't really want to know. You know, I kind of like yeah. not knowing. Yeah. yeah, the mystery, the mystery. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, before we let you go, Stephen, mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I didn't take at least a few minutes uh, and try to ask you about. I mean, I know that My Heart of the Chainsaw is the first in a trilogy. I was able mm-hmm. to, to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, give us a little bit of an idea where Jade is going next and in, in what we can expect? And, and then. Um, when you expect those novels to come out, those of us that are so jazzed to, to pick up where we left off. Well, thank you. Uh, Don't Fear the Reaper is the sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw, the middle book of the trilogy. It comes out August 2nd. And in it, um, I don't think I'm saying anything that's not said in the, the promotional stuff I've seen, but um, Jade has been kind of incarcerated for a while or on trial. And after a few years, she finally makes it back to Proof Rock. She never thought she'd be back in Proof Rock, but she happens to get there um kind of in a at a time when number one all of um idaho all of the west really is blanketed in an impossible snowstorm but also a prisoner a serial killer has been transported up the mountain to go to montana to show the federal people where he buried bodies or where he left bodies but the storm derails him and lands him in proof rock you know so um, so these so there will be a collision, you know? <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. There's a whole whole lot of dead people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So uh, what was what was the name of uh, that title again? Don't Fear the Reaper. Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Great, great song. One that I think mm-hmm. we're probably all familiar with from. Yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of, it's, kind of it's, it's my nod to Halloween and Scream both, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, I yeah. dig it. I dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's coming out August 2nd. Is there anything else uh, that you have coming out that you would, uh, you know? I do, but it just got, it just got, um, the title just got kicked back. And so we're coming up with a new title, but I have a, I'm, this may be the first place I'm saying it. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but I have an audio only novel coming out in it's either march or april i have a the paperback for chainsaw comes out at the end of march i think it must be april when this comes out it's but it'll be audio only it's a haunted house novel oh shit all right yeah (laughs) all right all right uh can you tell us what the rejected title was um the night before halloween all right (laughs) that that also happens to be my co-host's birthday right that's oh, true. Wow. Yeah. Nice, nice. 
I love it. Maybe I'll just rena- I, maybe I'll rename it Oren's Birthday. That'll be a good Oren's title birthday. for an album. <laughs> <laughs> it was then terrifying the, for everyone. <laughs> then, then there's not a character named Oren anywhere. In that very good. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" I love it. I love it. Uh, we broke the news here. Uh, that's, it was the whole plan all along. Let's try to change the the title of the novel. Well, uh, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on, man. I know that. Uh, you are busy teaching your own classes, doing your own promotion. So, uh, you know, coming on the show and, and spending some time talking about new scream is, uh, you know, probably a pain to work it in your schedule, but we appreciate no, was, you being here very much. No, it was great talking to y'all. This, this, this was really fun for me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you bet. If, if, <laughs> if our listeners wanted to, uh, follow you on social media or, you know, try to keep up with you, where could they find you at? Twitter or my website, then you can just type my name into whatever box and both of those should come up yeah. <laughs> very good <Yeah. laughs> very good all right Oren, where can they find more of your stuff uh, as always i am Oren gray at twitter and facebook and instagram and all those places and at orangray.com awesome well you can follow me uh definitely the lesser of the three here but uh you can follow me at ty Unsel on twitter where i'm mostly tweeting about the horrors of being a teacher right now so uh <laughs> yeah Check us out there. Uh, next time, what are we talking about next time, Warren? We're talking about Chud next time. Chud! Yeah. All right, all right. We'll see what kind of lesson plans we can draw uh, from that lovely, lovely cover. Well, thanks again, Stephen, and yep. Uh, yep. class dismissed.